This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Forever. Dog. Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder, do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, Cheese, so many Every single day. Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee and I'm Rose to the Cerno. And this is Couldn't Help, Help But Wonder, a podcast where we talk about sex and sex and how it relates to, to us. us. I couldn't even understand that. Did I say so fast? You guys, I had a fucking incredible. green tea and just try and oh stop me. Oh my God. Matcha, matcha. Mucho matcha. Matcha, cha, cha, cha. Who are you this week? Um, gal. Yes. This week is interesting because it is really who I was this week is exactly related to the episode. Love that. Okay, so my dog's back in my life. Okay. Wait, who were you? <laughs> oh, I was a Charlotte. Okay, great. Because um, when you have a puppy, you have to walk your dog approximately 700 times a day so it doesn't pee and poo in your house. So I'm always... I'm always outside walking my dog. Like, if you live in Los Feliz, you see me 10 times a day. <laughs> and... Um, Another thing is, dog people are really friendly. If you have a dog and somebody else is coming towards you with a dog, you instantly become friends. You talk, you know, you. I've exchanged numbers because I'm looking for puppy playdates for my dog. Sweet. And I met this really nice lesbian who lives in the neighborhood who has a really great dog who my dog really liked, and we decided to have a puppy playdate. Um, I love lesbian athleisure style. I love dressing. I kind of have a very lesbian style on the weekends. I wear Tevas. I wear, like... Biker shorts and like a top and a and a hat and there's a certain style like sporty spice lesbian style that's really cute that I really like and sometimes I dress like that and I think CJ thought I was a lesbian because of the way I looked and we had a puppy playdate this weekend and it was like her and her girlfriend and me and they just kept saying this stuff and being like ah oh, men you know I was like yeah <laughs> and I like didn't say I was straight and I feel like I was kind of like lying to them and I don't know when I'm in I think the whole time we were hanging out they were like trying to find out and oh that's funny yeah they kept being like oh we wish our dog was gay I was like tell me about it and I, I just feel like I can't tell if they think I'm gay or not and I felt kind of bad so I'm just going to keep up the ruse until they ask me point blank okay okay I think that's a fair plan. So that's who I was. Who are you this week? Um, I'm going to say Miranda because you know, just sort of reasons we've heard before on this podcast uh, recently. I, yeah, I'm dealing with uh, 
being the person who's running a show. I'm not my showrunner, but I am um, one of the higher ups. Yeah, exactly. And I um, just feel a lot of stress. And my showrunner, um, who is awesome, said, uh, she said, I feel like if you wrote a memoir, it would be called Fifty Shades of White because I have seen the color drain from your face oh, no. so many times that, yeah, she says that I go white, like whiter than I am as a Caucasian person um, whenever I feel stressed and she can just see the change in my face. That joke is funny, but also like as your friend, a little upsetting. Yeah, it's upsetting. No, no, no. It's, it's yeah, I'm like, ha ha Fifty Shades of white <laughs> right and then I'm like oh no <laughs> where's Jamie I think she's at this place called Sands yeah. so she can't take phone calls right now I mean like the blood literally just goes from my head to my feet and uh yeah I'm walking around like a real corpse real, of a lady real bloodfoot yep old bloodfoot so yeah uh, I can tell you're stressed you're a little worn thin but it'll be worth it when this is all you think said. I'm thin no just kidding <laughs> Yeah, you're 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 uh, Fifty Shades I'm of Thin. I'm worn how thin. <laughs> um, no, I guys. The best diet is just wild stress and no will to live. Uh, yeah, I, I but I have not. Oh my god, I've done everything but diet. I've been eating a lot of candy bars. There's a lot of like mini candy bars um, at the front desk of uh, our office, and yeah, every time we walk to go to the bathroom, which is right by the front desk, it's like pee, grab a hundred grand head back to the office Whatever pee, it takes. grab an almond joy head back to the office so there's a lot of like peeing and chocolating happening yeah but at least you like go to the gym and like rip it out <sighs> i do i've been um i've been gymming it up pretty hard but yeah i think that it helps going to the gym definitely helps but um the second my class ends i kind of slip back into Eating dread like and shame mode mm-hmm. well you're going to feel that way until your show is done filming. Yeah. And then you're going to feel it on this like other level of like, I hope people like it. Yeah. As an artist, you're going to feel it until you die. You're just going to be I managing know. it. Oh, God. How do I change that? How do I, I up think, my quality of life right now? I think maybe when you're a workhorse, you're, again, I've said it on many episodes, you're one of the hardest, if not the hardest working people I know. And I think that's why, besides your obvious talent and beauty, oh, I think that's a big reason why you're successful. But I do think you need to block out two weeks of not working when this is done. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. Protected time where no matter what comes up, I'm sorry I can't. I'm in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, I know I got to do that. Maybe it'll fall in line with like the hot like the Christmas holidays or something. Yeah, we'll see. But anyway, Skylar, do you agree she needs a little Hawaii beach time? It's always great to hit the islands. I agree. Yeah, Skylar. You're so young yet so wise. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. So um, getting into this week's episode, we are covering season two, episode six, The Cheating Curve. The episode opens with the core four all hanging out at Charlotte's Gallery, which is hosting an opening for Yael, a Brooklyn Heights artist whose work can only be described as biker tattoo on canvas. In her trademark voiceover, Carrie introduces us to an exotic new species, power lesbians, who are there in full force. 
<laughs> Charlotte runs a show alongside her latest nothing of a guy, Gareth, who dips out of her sight to make out with a rando among the paintings in the back. When Charlotte catches him, he basically doesn't even put up a defense. They were just making out, after all. Kissing someone else when you're on a date with Charlotte? Apparently not a huge deal in Gareth's world. Weird, you fucking freak. Miranda's at the gallery with Ethan, a schlubby documentary filmmaker, and Samantha's there solo until she spots her trainer, Thor, who she ditches Carrie to hit on. Lucky for Carrie, who fakes a headache to dip out and hang out with Big, who, by the way, she still hasn't told anyone she's back to seeing. The next day, the core four regroup at a flea market to discuss the finer points of cheating. I can't believe he had the nerve to stand there kissing that woman and still pretend he wasn't cheating on me. Well, maybe he doesn't consider kissing cheating. Oh, come on. It was only your second day. So? Doesn't that still guarantee me fidelity until the end of the evening? Do you remember Ron, the married guy with two kids on Park Avenue? He didn't consider fucking below 23rd Street cheating. Well, that's insane. Men cheat for the same reason the dogs lick their balls. Because they can. It's part of their biology. Instead of wasting all this energy condemning it, maybe it's time we all got in line with the reality of the situation. Well, that sounds very empowering, but you're forgetting one important detail. God, I hope so. Women cheat. Yeah, but it's completely different. How? Because we don't go around randomly attacking any man that we're attracted to. Speak for yourself. We're not driven by testosterone. Then, then what does drive us, according to you? Emotions. You mean hormones? No, I mean that little voice inside of me that says, made for life, made for life. Sweetheart, you can't go listening to every fucking little voice that runs through your head. It'll drive you nuts. You know what's interesting? Is Charlotte has these really strong moral lines like, I'm a woman and that means I never want to cheat. I just want to mate for life. It's like, yeah, but you're saying that now. Call me in 15 years into a relationship. It's like she has this really naive opinions that haven't been tested yet. Yes. And they're very surface. They're very looks driven, very appearances driven. Yeah. I just think her whole I think anyone who says mate for life, mate for life with like zero worry has not been in a long relationship. Yeah. No, I think she's uninformed. And I think that proves itself over and over again throughout the series. I mean, until she becomes someone in a long-term relationship. But until then. I just need to give a big standing O for the guy who gets caught making out with a girl and goes, what's the big deal? I'm just making out on a date with someone else. Yeah, I mean, I I think the most poignant line in this scene is when Charlotte says, um, you know, I'm on the date with the guy. Shouldn't that guarantee me fidelity until the end of the evening and I do think about that a lot like when you're dating someone like they don't know you you don't know each other but you are kind of doing a play of like we're together even though it's a first date or a second date or a third date or whatever yeah that is this weird thing where it's like okay so you like can't have eyes for other people because like I have you on lock for tonight it's a weird notion because it's like you are still very single. Even though you guys are on a date, you are both single. No, it's the kind but of you thing. you are feigning commitment within this realm of one evening. It's absolutely true because I don't know if anyone listening or you guys have ever experienced this, but sometimes you'll be on a date with somebody that you're like feeling like, well, whatever. And then there'll be like a really hot waiter or like a really hot bartender or somebody else. Or like, their friend. Yeah. And you're like, oh, fuck, I would way, That's the way worst. rather. Yeah. I mean, I was on a date with someone once um, in New York, and I hope I haven't repeated the story, but we went to this meditation center and after the talk and the meditation, which is totally a date that I I'd be really into and I was and he was cool um, but I wasn't into him I could tell that I wasn't when he went to the bathroom this really handsome guy came up to me and I gave him my number when he this, the, my date came out of the bathroom you know but I didn't do it in front of him but I definitely got someone else's number on a date 
Yeah. And I think it's, I think you're bringing up a good point, which is like, you're not betrothed to this person. You don't know anything about them. If you meet somebody that you like better, as hurtful as that would be, you don't really owe them shit. I mean, making out with somebody is pretty hardcore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not condoning what this guy did. But I do think you have a point, which is that they're not together. Well, it is weird. And it's like they were, I mean, the thing is like at the scene at the gallery, you know, they're holding hands, which feels like... On the second like, date, like TMI. Yeah. It also is just like kind of an advanced, intimate move to be holding hands. I always think hand holding is like kind of like something you do when you've been with someone for a long time oh, in a weird way. I completely agree. It's also, it's actually kind of split. It's like if you're in middle school and you like to have never been to another base or if you've like been married to someone for 80 years and you guys are like taking a stroll through the park. Like that's, it's kind of a, a strange spectrum hand holding. But anyways, when I saw that, I was like, oh, they seem kind of serious. And so that juxtaposed with him making out with this other woman was like, whoa, okay. But then when you break it down, you're like, yeah, but they don't, he doesn't owe Charlotte anything. She doesn't owe him anything. But yeah, the decorum is like, we oh, are sorry. together. We are in a relationship at least for the next three hours. Well, I think your perspective is great because I think the first reaction to watching this is, what an asshole. How dare he? But as you broke down, it's like, technically, they're both wildly single. Yeah, the and if most it doesn't single. work, it doesn't work. But, and I think even him now with those. That, those lenses that you put on this, I think even him making out isn't insane. But I think him being so unapologetic oh, yeah. and be like, what's the big deal? Is a little cuckoo bananas. Absolutely. And also, it's her gallery opening. That's really rude. Which we really haven't even touched on. <laughs> He's at her event making out in her stock room. With a woman that she probably knows, if the woman's there, there's a chance that Charlotte knows her. So it's like those guys' balls weigh fifty yeah, pounds each. I mean, it's real big ball moves. Yeah. Also, like, what a fucking asshole. I don't know. I uh, no one named Gareth should have that much confidence, have that much power. So I, I know. I just uh, alienated all of, of the, Gareths the Gareths who listen to this episode of this podcast. It's also interesting too because Samantha's defense of it. You know, we've talked about it often. Samantha's a complex character sometimes she seems really confident but she's also admitted starting from the first episode that part of her like men will be men who cares they cheat I cheat is like comes from sort of a place of like truly not having any faith in men and like it comes off as really cavalier and frisky and fun but there are moments where even she's saying it casually and she's saying it with a smile and red lipstick but a lot of her opinions about men are just like you can't trust them they're only gonna hurt you you might as well stoop to their level which is not like that empowering and fun it's not empowering but also i kind of think it is i think there's something about samantha's approach to men that is actually like radical acceptance and it does come from a sad place of being like they're never gonna change and that's and there's no good ones fortunate yeah but instead of go shutting down you know, and not but Miranda's the version yes, of shutting down. Exactly. Yes. Instead of shutting down, she throws herself in full throttle and she's like, two can play at that game. Yeah, you're right. Which is the empowering part of Samantha. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about this thing that she said? Like, why do men cheat? Why do dogs like sniff their balls? Do you think that like men cheating is just an inevitability? As Samantha's sort of indicating? I, I think that the divide is not that great. I think that both people cheat for similar reasons. And I, I think that just saying men cheat feels dismissive and not true. No, I don't think that's true. I think both parties cheat. I don't I don't see that as gendered, um, although I'm sure there are studies that prove otherwise. And maybe that's where this um, 
sort of discussion came from. I, I don't think of it that way, though. I, th- I know women who have cheated and I know men who have cheated. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that men cheat more than women. I Well, I think it probably comes from this notion that, like, you know, you know, you can't stop a man. It's primal. They're cavemen. You know, they they see a buffalo and they're going to hunt it. And you're just like, OK, but like men are not the only animals like women are also animals. Like, what is this? Because they have testosterone. It's like, well, I, think, I don't know. I, I just don't understand. I've never really understood other than like the social conditioning that like men kind of get what they want and women have to take it. I don't know that biologically men are more prone to cheating I think socially maybe I think you could make the argument that biologically they're more prone to cheating because they don't get pregnant whereas like if a woman sleeps with a lot of different men she could be pregnant and be giving birth where a man is simply spreading a seed so there's not as many consequences right it's more of like a takeover of the kingdom when a man cheats yeah kind of yeah it's like he gains power whereas we just gain babies baby fat yeah I think that um I think that cheating is more socially acceptable for men because there's this idea of like, that's just what men do and you can't stop them. Kind of the thing you're saying. But yeah, I don't know. I I think that there's lots of reasons why people cheat. And again, after watching some like TED Talks about cheating and like reading some like psychological studies about cheating, I think that there's an idea in culture that people only cheat when there's something missing in the relationship. Right. And that's not true. And I think that's true for a lot of for things. For a lot. Yeah. I think but cheating, it's not the only reason. No, I also think cheating, I think you can be in a happy relationship where two people are happy and they're just bored. And I think that there's an idea too that I think something more socially acceptable is that men can be really in love and love their wives and still cheat. And it doesn't mean anything about how they feel about their wives. Right. But when a woman cheats, it's because like, she's unhappy. Yeah. And it's like, and you escape. ruined us. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, my, my my parents' marriage was ended because of cheating. Um, and my mom cheated on my dad. And he has never forgiven her to this day, even though he's been remarried since I was six years old and has three daughters and is very happily married. So it can have long, mm-hmm. has long. But I would, I would never blamed my mom for that, though. I think both of my parents cheated on each other, and I don't have proof. You just have a feeling. Yeah, there were different points throughout middle school and high school where I was like, "Mom's acting weird now, Dad's acting weird now, Mom's acting weird." I, I mean, I think both of them at different times had things happening, and I think cheating yeah, happens, and you can work through it. And I think if you have a good relationship, it's worth fighting for. Yeah. And I think that cheating can, in a weird way, maybe help the relationship. I also think that, and I feel like that's something that is not really explored necessarily on TV shows. It's controversial. Or, um, yeah, in the media. I feel like it's it's always kind of a black and white, that's wrong, and you ruined us, and, and you know, I, you've damaged our relationship. And all that is absolutely true. And I'm also speaking as someone who hasn't been cheated on that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also do think that the one upside I can think of to cheating would be that if you are found out, it could potentially be, well, it could be a wake-up call. I don't know that it would happen that way, but I do think it could lead to some conversations um, that are potentially more open and honest than they they were before. Okay, well, do you think there's a there's a curve on cheating? Do you think some things are cheating and some things aren't and they should be weighed differently? Uh, strangely, no. I think, I think that cheating is... Pretty much anything that you wouldn't want the other person to find out because it would hurt their feelings, that's a form of cheating in my mind. It could be emotional. It could be texting. It could be 
anything. And I think that we very comfortably slip into this idea that if it wasn't physical, it wasn't cheating. And that's just absolutely not true. I think that real cheating is breaking of trust. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I think that people in really, really long term relationships have to grapple with this. And I think that in a modern relationship, people used to die at 30. So cheating wasn't really a problem and monogamy wasn't really a problem because you literally like were born and then you had a baby and then you died. And now people are together for so long, like people are living so long that you could potentially be in a relationship for 50, 60, 70 years. Sure. And I think because of that, we have to open and expand our minds around cheating. Obviously, it would be hurtful to be cheated on and it would be hard to cheat. But I think we need to loosen up a little bit because people are fallible and humans and people make mistakes. Yeah. And also monogamy is an uphill climb. And even if you love it and want it and it's for you and that's the life you want to live, it doesn't mean that it's easy for you. No, no, no. It's idealistic. And I think that that is why when you're at a fucking comedy show and the host is like, all right, you got couples in the audience. All right, who's been together 10 years? And everyone applauds. And then it's like, who's been together 20 years? Applause, 30, 40. And then there's always like one couple that's been together like 50 or 60 or 70 years. And and everyone's just like, wow, that's amazing. And it's because it is amazing. It's because monogamy so hard. is hard. That's yeah. why we celebrate it because we're like, wow. Yes. Congrats. It's a big deal. Well, actually, I remembered the thing that I spaced out on. And, you know, I think Jamie and I are kind of saying subversive things because I think the main party line about cheating is like it's never okay and if you do it you're a bad person and da 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 and I just think that's not realistic Um, but I also think there's something that people don't talk about which is it's probably it's a big reason I think that I was never at least consciously maybe I was subconsciously but I've never blamed my mom or been resentful because there's also a reason people cheat and even though one person might cheat the other person might have done something that made the other person feel really impossible absolutely and so I do think weirdly not to take the blame off the other person but I do think that sometimes people make a relationship really challenging and untenable and make people feel really lonely in a relationship I can speak to that I know someone who kissed someone she was married and she kissed somebody else and the air of the air of lack of forgiveness around her and what she did not only from the husband but from the family that it was it was just out of proportion because her and her husband were constantly fighting yeah it's like of course and you're like and he wasn't pleasant to her and who knows? She might not have been pleasant to him either. Whatever. There's Regardless, consequences to people's actions. It, there was a toxic connection happening. And it is not A, shocking that she kissed someone else or B, indicative of her being a bad person. No. That's just not how it works. No. There is such a lack of responsibility when we talk about cheating. That's what I'm saying. Because if, bec- it, if it does come from a relationship that's struggling, there's two people that make a relationship challenging. Yes, and also there are so many portrayals of cheating in movies and TV where it's just like, how dare you? Again, like, you ruined us. You ruined this family. And it's like, that is like... of cheaters. I think most cheating from what I've read comes from a lack of communication, a lack of honesty, walls being put up. Which have started before the cheating. Absolutely started. The cheating is a symptom. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. 
Cheating right. is a symptom. I think you're right. It's like, think about fucking Don Draper. It's like, their marriage was already dead. He didn't respect her. He didn't tell her anything. He she was he didn't include her in his life. It's like they were already strangers. You're begging, yeah, you're begging for your person to cheat if they can't talk to you, if you're mean to them. That's what I'm saying. You cannot go, oh my God, but you're the one who broke the trust. It's like, no, the you broke the trust because you did all the things to cause me to want to cheat. There you go. Yeah. So I think you heard it here first. Open your minds. It's not a black and white issue. Absolutely It's a 50 not. Shades of Grey. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Okay, let's get back to the epi. So Samantha jumps into a very sexy workout with Thor, the trainer she ran into at the show, who stretches more than just her hamstrings. Charlotte, meanwhile, falls in with power lesbians who invite her out for a drink, which then becomes dinner, which then becomes an all-night dance party at the hottest new lesbian bar in town, literally called G-Spot, because this is a subtly written episode. The problem is Charlotte's new gay friends don't know Charlotte straight, and she's not telling. After a nice night of literally watching Shoah, the five-hour-long Holocaust documentary, Miranda decides it's time to seal the deal with Ethan, because... How could she not with his taste in film and all? Unfortunately, that cinephile insists on bringing his hobbies into the bedroom as well. Miranda was pleased to discover that Ethan was as passionate between the sheets as he was on the subject of non-narrative film. But just as they were getting down to business, Miranda realized they were not alone. What's that for? Just something to get us in the mood. I think it's kind of sexy, don't you? Yeah, I guess it could be. Miranda realized that Ethan's passion for film had taken on a new and interesting twist. A few nights later, after a midnight show of Gimme Shelter at the Waverly, Miranda discovered that Ethan's new friends were hard to shake. Music. Does that really need to be on? No, it just really turns me on. Aren't I enough? Yeah, you're great. I can turn off the sound if it bugs you. Could you move your head a bit to the right? First of all, if oh you just God. hear kissing, it's so disgusting. It sounds like this. Oh, it's so gross. No. It's like someone like eating a sloppy Joe. It's just like <laughs> so gross. Yeah, it's really a bad thing if you just like are making out without noise and if you kind of check out of being present and just listen. It's like a disgusting. You know what else can be gross? Sometimes sex sounds like I remember one time I was having sex and it sounded like sloshing and I was like, "Whoa." Yeah, and you have to like pretend it's hot and you're like, "No, no, that's just ridiculous." It literally just sounds like a mop is just like spinning around. <laughs> Disgusting. Just sopping up the suds in a bucket. I know. It's like Ew. it's like somebody's like mopping the Grand yeah. Canyon. And you just have to like keep going. And you're like, it's just part of it. Meanwhile, both of you are like, Gross. you heard that, right? <laughs> you heard we like, both heard like <laughs> <laughs> we both heard wet 
like warm juices, like yeah. a mingling, like like squishing. I mean, sex and making squishing out is, is squishing. fun, but also disgusting. It is. It's gross. Humans are gross. We're gross when we're together. The most important thing about this whole clip is like the aggressive reggae in the porn clip. Yeah, I know. Usually, porn music is kind of stereotypically known as like womp chicka womp womp. This was straight up like weeby jamin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this was like somebody's eating like a mango on a stick in the background. No, truly, like just like a monkey climbing up a tree to like get Observe. a coke. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is hilarious. The fact that he asked her to move her head is, I mean, brava. Yeah. Fast clap, not slow clap. No, fastest of claps. Yeah. Have, have it you was ever a bold integrated move. porn into the bedroom? Never. Never. Have you ever wanted to? No, never. I feel like it's kind of a sad alone activity. Not like, hey, like, let's share this. The only thing I, I've never integrated it in my no, sex No judgment, life. by the way. It's, I, I'm a quite vanilla person, so it, it's, it's a symptom of that more than anything. It's not uh, because I think it's bad. 99.9999999999% of porn really turns me off. So I, I don't imagine integrating it. But there have been a couple of porn videos that I've watched that I liked. And I think the only way I would integrate it isn't necessarily watching it together but I don't think it would be a bad idea to send it to your partner if there's things in it that you like to be like hey like watch it on your own time but this turns me on yeah I think it could be a way to like give your partner clues to what you like right but no I don't think I would personally want to watch it during sex and I think it's fine if some couples mutually decide they like it I do think that it's really offensive to have someone turn it on every time and be looking at the clip instead of you Absolutely. I have to say, I did uh, have a boyfriend in New York who was really sexual. And when we had sex, he really took control. He was moving me around and doing all these things. And actually, after a while, uh, we broke up and I, I stopped having sex with him because it didn't feel like he was having sex with me. It felt like he was acting out stuff he saw in porn and just like using me as like a meat puppet to like do these things that turned him on. It felt really disconnected. Yeah. And there's something about, I think the biggest problem with this clip and the reason that it made me remember that is it's disconnected. It's not two people coming together to enjoy something. It's one person using her as a meat puppet to do things he wants to do. Yeah, I think also my husband, he likes to... This sounds like I'm about to divulge a very dirty secret. I'm not. But he grew up with a TV in his kitchen. So every time he would sit down for dinner, they would watch TV. And now when we're eating, he always wants the TV on. And it's fine. I mean, we also go to restaurants where there are no TVs. He, he like brings he can, the TV yeah. to the restaurant. <laughs> he uh, rips our flat screen off the wall and uh, carries it under his armpit. You guys only into eat the at sports bars with 25 yeah, TVs. Exactly. But no, like, the, the, so when we're home, we, and I also do it. I, we watch shows while we eat. Also, it's kind of the only time we have to like catch up on television. So I've kind of embraced it at this point. But there is something about... Hey, can we just catch up? Yeah, yeah. Where I'm like, oh, can we not be... I always call it like the side-by-side couple versus the across-from-each-other couple. Yeah. Can we be engaging just the two of us without like this third party totally. there? And we're like, have our heads turned towards that totally. thing? Yeah. So to me, this scene is like a heightened version of that. And if that, which is pretty innocuous, just like wanting to connect more while we eat is happening. I can't imagine having something like that happen in the bedroom that would be to me a real blow to the self-esteem. Horrible. Yeah, I mean, you're so I understand vulnerable. I understand that it could 
complement what's happening. It could both get you, it could get both of you in the mood. But for the most part, you would hope that you would be enough to get your partner in the mood. You being naked, you being vulnerable, you being intimate. You would hope that those things would suffice and deliver enough to where you wouldn't need to outsource your arousal to porn. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to put it. And I think that example that you gave was very poignant. And I think it's a completely different thing if you and your partner are like, we love porn. Absolutely. We love it's a it conversation together. that you guys have, sure. But yes. to assume that that's not going to offend Miranda. I mean, she actually takes it quite well in the beginning. She but does. then she starts to be like, wait, why do you need this? Well, it's also because he doesn't look at her. And I have to say, like, as a woman, we already have so much, like, body shame and, like, sex is so loaded that to be having sex with somebody who kind of isn't being present with you and isn't even really looking at you, that's that's really a horrible feeling. Yes. Um, this is also one of these things where I see this episode and the guy is kind of unapologetically like, this is what I need to feel great. I need porn in the background and there's no discussion. There's no, is that okay? There's not it's even actually a, like not consent. Yeah. And there's not even a, a preface of like, ah, yeah, this is like a thing I'm into. There's nothing. It's just like, I turn it on and then I fuck the girl while I'm watching these other people. Fuck. Yeah, Miranda's just an object. Yeah. It's just so, um, it's so brazen. And I, in a way am jealous of the fact that I could never, whatever I'm into, I could never introduce it so seamlessly and unapologetically into my sex life, especially with a new partner. I can't even imagine coming close to doing what this guy is doing. If I was the porn person, if I was like, I love porn, it helps me get there, da da da, I still would be like ashamed to even admit that until maybe we were together six months. Like, I can't imagine myself having that come out on like the first time we've had sex. Like I just can't, it's, it's so unrelatable to me. Yeah. You bring up a really good point. And this kind of speaks to some theory that I have developed that I think this sort of fits into, which is people's best qualities are always their worst qualities. Um, no matter what that is, for example, this guy is entitled. He just acts like, uh, you know, he doesn't check in with people. He does whatever. And being entitled has bad qualities, but it has good qualities. The good side of entitlement is standing up for yourself, getting what you want. I mean, there's people that should act more entitled, like pushovers and let of people. Absolutely. So, so it's like you're kind of talking about the good thing. And, and is this it's the same impulse where men often not often, but. Lots of women have experienced a man either pushing her head down or yep. moving her hand. And it's an entitlement that has a negative thing because it's like, excuse a fucking moi. And then the positive thing is, wow, can you imagine feeling that confident about your sexual needs that you just like, you don't even. No make, shame. Yeah. So that's no the hesitant. good part of it. Yeah. No hesitation. Women need to act more entitled with their sexual desires and men need to act less. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that would, yeah, the world would be a better place. Spin on a beautiful little axis if it did. I've also had a boyfriend in the past who had an addiction to porn. Mm. And he had it before we were going out. Mm -hmm. And he was in his previous relationship and he, they stopped having sex completely. Mm, and he was so just sad. like jerking off like five times a day. Oh, God. And um, he, I mean, the good thing about him is he was in therapy. He did all these things to like stop being addicted to porn. Like he, his therapist was like, you can't take your laptop home. Like, you need to keep your laptop yeah. at work. Not that, you know, his phone couldn't work. But by the time we got together, I think he was over it. 
And he was very open with me. You know, we communicated a lot. And he told me, he's like, yeah, the thing about a porn addiction is it just gets more and more intense. And, um, you know, you start watching one kind of porn and then to get yourself off, it just, you know, ends up people like swinging from the ceilings with like, oh, that's you know, hooks in their nipples. Yeah, it's just yeah, like, yeah. just has to raise the bar yeah. of like crazy shit. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, to the point where just normal sex just feels like a bore. Cause it's like, well, I just saw seven people like climbing on a fire and like, you know, right. fucking their way to death or whatever. Right, so right, this is right. boring. Wow. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Okay, well. Well, with that being said, let's uh, get back into the episode. <laughs> Rose, take it away. I really, really hope it goes without saying that please don't listen to this in the car with your kids. Oh, yeah. We should probably put that disclaimer on the podcast at the top. I mean, Whoops. if your children are in the car, they're also, learning though, more than they need Sex to. Sex in the City is not a, a show for children. And I would hope that people would know, hey, maybe they're kind of... You know, going the distance on the podcast in the same way this show goes the distance talking about sex and bringing it to the fore. Yeah. Anyone under eight tween, don't listen. Oh, yeah. Okay. Carrie continues her illicit affair with Big, pulling out all the stops and cooking him some bad fondue. Hmm, That was so sad. It looked bad. It was really too orange. She spends the night and everything seems fine until the next morning when, uh uh-oh, she runs into Miranda, leaving his place at 7 a.m. Carrie keeps from getting completely caught by changing the subject from what the hell she's doing uptown so early by asking Miranda what's happening with Ethan. And shocker, the porn addict is still addicted and keeps working porn into their relationship. What a gem. Back with Samantha, she and Thor rinse down after yet another high-intensity workout, this time building to him shaving her pubes into a cute little lightning bolt. All hail Thor, Norse god of crotch topiary. What is this thing that guys have these days about wanting to shave your pubic hair? It's obvious they want a little girl. Oh, actually, in Thor's case, it was more like being branded. What are you talking about? He shaved me in a shape, a lightning bolt. Where do you find these guys? <laughs> Carrie, are you listening to this? That very personal trainer of Samantha's shaved her crotch in the shape of a lightning bolt. Oh, really? It's uh, very creative. It's sort of like X marks the spot. You know, it's a very neglected area, but people are really starting to pay attention. Uh-huh. You can't just let it grow wild anymore. There's an entire business these days devoted to the upkeep and management of pubic hair. It says as much about you as your shoes. Congratulations. It sounds like you found yourself a very talented stylist. Excellent. Oh, my God. Two thumbs way up. You also realize that this is when, like, the Brazilian and the landing strip, like, this is around the time when that became a fad or whatever, a lasting, a lasting fad. I must say, yes, that's exactly correct. As a Jewish girl, even a Jap, Mm -hmm. I would have to cop to. Growing up in Los Angeles, Mm. my grandmother took me to her salon in Beverly Hills to get my first bikini wax at 15 because that's what we do. That's incredible. It was. What a bonding experience. So wildly painful. It is so painful. It was so unbelievably painful. And I remember getting out of there and being like, Mark my words, never again. Mm. But then the wax felt so fabulous that the next month I came back to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like a tradition in my like Jappy family. It's just like, you know, it's like you get your hair done, you get your wax, you get your this, you get your nose job. Yeah. It was just like all yeah. the things. So, yeah. so I started early. Wow. I haven't shaved. I've never shaved my vagina. I've only waxed and lasered. Wow. I've never done laser. How is that? It's 
truly the only thing to do. Is it painful? It makes waxing sound like a trip to Disneyland. Mm. Waxing your fucking pubes, if you've done it or not, I mean, imagine the most sensitive part in your area where strong, thick hairs and you're ripping. I mean, it's the fact that we do that. I mean, women should get just like a check for reparations. I always say it's like outpatient surgery and guys are so cavalier about it. They're like, yeah, I like a I like a smooth puss or whatever. And you're like, okay, but do you understand what you're implying? What what you want us to do to achieve that? Because it's really horrendously painful. And by the way, yeah, it did. No, there's no by the way. There's no sidebar there. My stepmom once uh, had this her waxer. She has a she had I don't know this is a long time ago a waxer come to my come to their house and like you know do a wax for her and she was like oh let's wax your dad's back while she's here. They did one one inch one square strip. and my dad goes I'm out yeah and it's like yeah bitch really yeah I think if a guy wants his girl to be clean shaven or clean waxed um, you have to also wax something. I think it's a wax for a wax, an eye for an eye. <laughs> That's really great, Jane. That's how I feel. I, a wax I, because for guys a wax are too casual so about it. They're just like, yeah, just go do it. And you're like, no. That's it's- kind of why I'm still like, guys should pay for everything and guys should do all this stuff. Because yep. it's like, okay, well, if you're not going to do that, then what are you going to do? Because I'm doing a fuck ton of shit you also, are not doing. Brazilians, for any um, male listeners who are not aware, Brazilians are the most expensive. Um, on the waxing price sheet. It's painful and expensive, but and we're doing it for you. A regular bikini wax is not cheap, but a Brazilian, which is, it's all gone, is the most expensive thing on the menu. Um, so you are asking for oh, your woman. Oh, I thought woman. Brazilian was a little strip in no, the front. No, that's landing strip. Oh, Brazilian's everything? Brazilian's everything, including like your the ass guts. crack yeah. hair. And yeah. then like the vagina guts. Everything. And uh, yeah, so... Also hair, <laughs> well, depends. Hair can grow really far in so it's like literally on like the very sensitive like inner labia where it's yeah. like not even your skin it's like your labia oh it's so painful which is the same type of skin as your ball skin so just know <sighs> that it's the most sensitive skin and they're putting hot wax on it and ripping hair out of it I just want to break down the graphic nature of what you're attracted to so you know what we're doing to appease you I mean all this talk is just making me think like what are they going to do to make it up to us? What What do you mean? Like, what are men going to do to make it up? Oh, for this? make it up to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I mean, we have to start really brainstorming what they can do. Because it's not mo- it's money and it's pain. So you whatever. You so don't what have could to they like, possibly do to make it better. I mean, I'm thinking maybe it's like every pay month for it. OK, they should definitely pay for pay it and, for it. And also pay get, get you a massage right after. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they should definitely pay for and it. They should also. You should get, buy us a massage for like our full body because we were so tense from the waxing. Yes. We kind of, you know, cramped up. Yeah. Um, but then also, yeah, you should also like massage our vaginas. Yeah. Because they hurt after. Yeah. After you pay for your woman's Brazilian, you also owe her like ten thousand like clip massages and oral yeah. sexes. Oh, yeah, that's a great trade. Yeah, you definitely need to like. You better in- get down there because we're not doing it for fun. I don't need a bald vagina yeah. just to have. It's not like oh, sex. it's not like oh my my underwear fits a little better when there's less pubes. It's like no, it's only for you. Yeah, after that, it's like I don't even want to see your dick near my pussy. It's just no. face and hands. Face and hands. <laughs> Mostly face and hands. Honestly, yeah. get in there. Yeah. Because um, if you don't, why am I doing this? Yeah, I remember, girl. First of all, since this podcast is just like, 
all about just spilling the guts. Mm -hmm. I have never waxed the whole thing. And that's not because I'm afraid of the pain. I don't like the way it looks. Mm -hmm. I like, um, if we're just going to talk about what I think looks good, I like a clean triangle. Mm -hmm. I like a triangle vagina with hair and then just the sides are clean. So there's no like. Mm -hmm. And I like um, no triangle, but all sides. I like just just the two thick curly (laughs) payases and then bald in the middle. Um, Kind of like I call it the Benjamin Franklin. That's kind of I put little glasses on it and then the clit is the nose. Gal, that's so unique. <laughs> it's really cool. It's no one's been down there in forty years, and I'm only <laughs> in my thirties. But the math is uh, real. Yeah, I think that. Also, like, I like having pubes. I think they look good. I think they look adult. I think it's attractive, and I um, they're they're also there for a reason. They're to protect your vagina, like from bacteria and blah blah blah. I so. feel like. I feel like that's like uh, lore, but like written yes, it by is. like it's biology. No, I know, but it is, it is so. I feel lore. like I know, but it's so funny because we always are like they protect our vagina. It's like our vaginas are not under attack. Like they'd be all right without pubes. But I like okay, we, we I do. Think we're learning something about you, Jamie. No, but we do come back to this. Like I've also said that I'm like they they it protects. You know, it's like it's like From the like, little like, it's like the little bodyguard outside of Buckingham Palace. Like he's doing he's doing good work. That's why. Like, He's frowning. I'm like the army at Winterfell is like coming. Yeah, I mean, but we do that. I feel like a, a very uh, crunchy Lilith Fair feminist came up with it protects our vagina because it is funny that we all are like it protects our vagina. It does. I'm not saying it doesn't. Yeah, but it is funny that we always We're come like back clinging to, that. to that. Yeah, we cling to it. Well, I have to say, as I've mentioned on various episodes, and I don't remember if I've said it this episode, but like. It influences me because uh, a group of my closest friends in L.A. are lesbians and it's just such a different POV about hair. They have underarm hair. They have leg hair. I haven't seen their vaginas, but I'm sure they have pubes. And it's so amazing when men are not in the equation, how like the hair question just evaporates. And it really makes you think, oh, wow. Like, well, I mean, I they they aren't they aren't representative of all, all lesbians. And obviously I can't speak for all lesbians, but I do think in lesbian culture, there's so much less expectation and pressure and even desire for people to get rid of their hair. It really reminds me that it's really a patriarchal thing. That yeah. It's like once you start doing it, you convince yourself that you feel cleaner and better with it. But it's kind of just a made up thing that you got used to. Where do you think it came from? Because like the whole like shaving your pubes thing happened a lot later, like 70s, 80s, even early 90s. I feel like people were still like maybe rocking. Porn or something. Is it porn, you think? I don't know if we're just uh, hypothesizing. Maybe when you have a shaved vagina in porn, you can kind of see more what's happening. Yeah. I. But I mean, yeah, I feel like when did that shift, though? Because porn also used to be very bushy. Oh, you're right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, you know, I've never shaved the whole thing, so I don't know. But I have heard from women that they find sex better, that they find oral sex better. So maybe for some people it really does make a good difference. I really don't know. I haven't done it. Okay. Well, on that note, let's keep going. But also, would you let someone shave your vagina? And would that turn you on? No. I think... Not even a little bit. I mean, I, I don't want anyone helping helping me shave. Period. But I don't want your anyone. Vagina. Se- Do you think that's like no, a sexy thing? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Vagina, legs, armpit. I don't want any shaving help. There is a razor blade involved. I am not interested in getting nicked on my crotch. Like, no thanks. I don't find it erotic. There are plenty of other things we can do. I'll do the shaving. It's I, part of my routine in my. Do in you the shower. shave? 
I, I, yeah, my legs and yeah. Uh, but you shave your vaginas? I mean, you don't I have. wax or okay. You should do laser. I've done all of it. Okay. I haven't done laser. I've waxed and I've shaved. Laser is the I answer. I don't. I don't need help. Okay. Is my point. My point is, I would be terrified to let someone do it. But maybe it would be a good game of trust. Oh my god! Do a trust fall. <laughs> Go to a little, go to go to Christian day camp and wear a tie dye t shirt and just let your counselor let you fall into his arms. You know, Maybe you're you right. do not need to get a razor blade next to your clit with some fucking novice who doesn't know his way around. <laughs> Maybe no it would be thanks. a good way for them to learn. Oh, that's there. Okay, good to know. Good okay. to know. Yeah, no, no. Keep the blades out of it. Okay, well, Samantha's crotch splination comes as Carrie holds everybody up from getting to a movie on time because in a real birth control ex machina, her diaphragm is stuck. Samantha, team player extraordinaire, agrees to help get it out, but Charlotte and Miranda flag that Carrie hasn't mentioned seeing anybody lately, so who's this mystery guy that the diaphragm is for? Knowing she's caught, Carrie finally comes clean about seeing Big again, and the ensuing blow-up ends the night's movie plans. Charlotte catches up with the power lesbians at quite the power lesbian summit where she's finally forced to come clean with a hell of a line because she does not eat pussy she can no longer hang out with her cool new gay friends sorry Char things wrap up with Miranda dropping Ethan when he interrupts them sleeping together to literally rewind a porn scene he loves but honestly he's probably fine being left to his beloved VHS tapes he really reminds me of Quentin Tarantino (laughs) Samantha drops Thor after he's revealed to be shaving thunder bolts into other women's pubes in a very funny sauna scene and Carrie decides to make things officially back on with big during a night of jazz and dancing yay question mark and that brings us to the end of the episode which means we're going to answer the question of the episode in a gravity free world of anything goes what constitutes cheating Click, 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 click I would say and I, I said this earlier in the episode I think anything that you are doing behind someone's back is cheating or cheating. Uh, anything you're doing behind someone's back that would break their trust is cheating or cheating adjacent. And I think cheating adjacent is still a form of cheating, even if it's not physical necessarily. I think this is a question that is completely individual and everybody has a different feeling about this. I think if I was going to be cheated on, which I don't think I ever have been, um, As horrifying as that would be, if I could choose the cheating, I would rather have my partner be drunk while traveling and fuck some person at a dance club that they're never going to see again versus them slowly develop a crush on someone that they see every day. Of course. And and just have a lot of feelings. That would be more devastating to me. So I kind of agree with Jamie. I think that cheating is relative and it doesn't even have to be sex. It doesn't even have to be making out. It can be your partner telling someone else their deepest secrets and problems that they don't tell you and you know so it's a spectrum for sure it's a spectrum i'd like to think that i could forgive if somebody did it to me if there were more pros and than cons in our relationship and i do think people can move on from it and grow from it i think it would be really hard but as i was telling jamie over lunch today i think forgiveness is something we all need to cultivate more because none of us are perfect we all make mistakes And if a friendship, a relationship, a romantic partnership, a business partnership is worth it, then you have to forgive mistakes made on both ends. Yeah. If that person is worth forgiving. And if and if 
and if there's enough in the relationship where it's worth salvaging. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Okay, so uh, Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show, which is why we end each episode by sharing what we're currently her horny. Horny fear. Horny Wow, for. Jamie is actually half Norwegian, which <laughs> fear. I don't know if you guys knew that. Okay, Rose, what are you horny for right now? Well, actually, this is an interesting one because I haven't thought about this book in a while, mm. but I'm recommending it because sometimes I interact with our uh, Instagram family, our friends of the pod, and they sometimes ask me about relationship advice or ideas about things or how I know about certain things yeah. and uh, I recommend this to one of our dearly beloved fans and I want to recommend it to the group um, because oftentimes when I give relationship advice people are like so impressed like wow Rose how do you know this stuff this is so wise and uh, it's a lot of it's from a book that I read called Attached I don't know the name of the authors but if you look on Amazon it's the book called Attached I read a lot of self-help books uh, I love them I think they're so incredible and I've read a lot of really great ones this is the best one I've ever read and if you want to understand your romantic habits, whether you're single or married or committed or in an open relationship, if you want to understand why you behave the way you do, Attached will break it down. And if you are in some unhealthy patterns and you want to change them, this book will change it for you. It's a really fast read. You'll gobble up every page. I had epiphany after epiphany. And so for our listeners who are looking for maybe you can't afford therapy or maybe you want to do some self-growth, this is like a one-stop shop okay um well i couldn't have a less deep horny for this week <laughs> tell me yours okay it's just a little bit of advice i got it's a beauty tip uh that i found on instagram from this facialist that i follow i believe What's her it name? was joanna vargas but okay. i follow several facialist estheticians um but i believe it was joanna i hope i'm not misquoting um but anyways she was explaining that We've gotten into this sort of culture of using oils on our face in place of moisturizer. And she explained that that is oils will never actually moisturize your face. Um, So what you need to do is put moisturizer on and then the oil goes over it because it seals it in and it makes it penetrate deeper. Oh, cool. So uh, if you are using oils on your face, I'm a big oil fan. Um, Try to put it on last. Don't put it on. Before bed is this your time out? uh, Whenever. Whenever you use them. But don't put it on and then put your moisturizer over it because your moisturizer isn't going to penetrate as deeply. Put your moisturizers on first, serums first, and then oil is the last step because it seals everything in. And as someone who sees Jamie's face on makeup all the time, it looks gorgeous. Oh, so that's so listen nice. to her. She knows like what she's talking about. I was hit by a truck, so thanks for saying that. You look that. amazing. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, so that's uh, my advice, and uh, that's another episode, and thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. We do love you. We do. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod, and follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at the Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you're nasty, it helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Engineered by Chelsea Jacobson and mastered by Anna Rubinova. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com. 
and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Meow, meow, meow.